Yeah, so that's kind of been been the response to me. Just a lot of hate on Twitter, people blaming me that they lost their portfolios instead of blaming Justin, who said he was trading their funds, uh, who <laughs> who made fake promises about the thing that they invested in yeah. for over a year. So people have threatened to sue me, but sue me for what? <laughs> Alright, welcome again to Crypto Basic Podcast. I'm Brent Philbin. I'm here with William McKenzie and Brian Lee. We have them back on the show for another roundtable discussion. The overarching theme of today's discussion is going to be what happens when you say bad stuff about a coin in the crypto community or a project. But at the beginning, we're going to talk about that particular bad stuff. So before we get into that, I'm going to start, let you guys introduce yourselves, maybe the the listeners hadn't listened to the last episode. If you hadn't, we're not really going to go over too much of the stuff that we went over in that episode. You might hear some overlap, but if you want to hear the – that was almost two-hour-long episode last time. Go check yeah. that out first and then come back here. So, uh, William, let's start with you. Give us the give us the intro here. All right. Uh, well, kind of like what I said in the last episode, you know, I was really involved with Substratum pretty early on. It's uh, a pretty large investor. I think I first got into it kind of around – November 2017, and um, I really liked the idea. That was probably, at one point, I thought it was one of the best projects in this space. But around probably around September of last year, when they announced the second ICO, I started to kind of see some things repeat themselves, like false promises, and obviously asking for extra money. You know, it definitely started to raise, yeah. yeah, it definitely started to raise some red flags. But that's about me. Cool. I, I, I'm Brian. I live in Tokyo, cryptocurrency investor, trader, uh, and I also write on my website, Decrypto, and recently started contributing to Crypto Slate. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, that's was like just a few weeks ago. So I was also an early proponent of Substratum, uh, maybe at the end of 2017. Started noticing some red flags after their first delay in January 2018. And since then, have been consistently publishing content about Substratum, uh, trying to provide a more balanced view of the project. And here we are today. I think there are a lot of people in that Substratum community that would disagree on the balanced view that you're asserting there. Last episode, I was trying to be a little bit more politically correct about the whole thing. I was trying to come up with maybe some reasons why these red flags could explain themselves or whatever and presenting the team's response and all that stuff i am not doing any of that shit on this episode uh they've only gotten worse since then and done worse <laughs> things i you will know, say so we haven't really mentioned a ton of it on the show because my actual thought on this and the project was i don't give a shit anymore they they're way down there on market cap first, but they're not getting any new investors yeah. because people looking into the project are gonna see all the problems they're gonna be like all right we did mention some stuff about substratum over the course of since the last episode as it came out, but not much. I've really been ignoring it for the most part because, at in my opinion, it's a useless old project that anybody new looking into it is going to think, okay, this is if they do the research, they're going to find a scam. So they're not really finding a ton of new investors. And in my opinion, they weren't worth the airtime, even though it was funny. So we mentioned some of the stuff, but not all the stuff. But we're going to mention it all here. And last time, I was more of a uh, trying to be 
politically correct, I guess, or at least presenting their side or coming up with plausible excuses for the craziness. I'm not doing that this time. So if you're here for a balanced look at <laughs> at substratum, you're going to get facts because I, I remember how well the facts were laid out last time. But you're not going to get any apology or any uh, coming up with any good reasons from me. I'm mostly going to sit here and and shit all over that project. So uh, if you don't want to hear me shit all over the project, skip to the back half where we're going to just talk about red flags in general. You're going to hear that term a lot on this episode. The value that I think you can get out of this is even though I agree that substratum is not useful and whatever, the value you're going to get is you're going to see these red flags. You're going to see how a team responds to these. You're going to see how the people in the community respond to these. And it should help you be able to identify a scam in the future. So hopefully you'll see these red flags repeat themselves. Maybe not. Maybe Justin is just a particular kind of stupid. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be honest with the listeners. I didn't even write an outline here because I couldn't. I think I deleted my old one. I used to have one that had everything that we covered. So if we overlap some stuff, I apologize. But I'm going to kind of uh, I know I know Brian's got some sound clips, which I'm super excited to listen to. And I'm going to let you guys take care of or kind of take the reins here. I will ask questions where I can. And uh, so let's let's talk about what's happened with them since the last time we were on the show. What have they been doing? Cool. I mean, what more red flags? Well, I kind of forget what what we talked about last time. But I think the thing we can focus on now is the recent delisting off. Yes. Okay, they were delisted from Binance. We mentioned that. That's huge. So, yeah, let's talk about that. That is the biggest one. Yeah. So after the um, delisting of Binance, which was on February 15th, uh, the team released a very short statement on on their blog that just was titled Response to Binance Delisting. Uh, and basically in that post, uh, they were just saying, hey, Binance didn't give us any heads up before they took our coin off, which why would they? Yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That is, that's what causes insider trading. I mean, that's literally the definition of insider trading. You didn't tell us before you did the thing that was going to tank our coin in value so we could sell it first. Right, right. And uh, in the post, they also stated that Binance indicated that the delisting was due to the trading of ICO funds, which I don't think is completely accurate because there was no official statement from Binance. I mean... CZ kind of tweeted back and forth for a while, but it wasn't really clear if he was kind of just lightly trolling because um, he did reference <laughs> probably more so. Cunningham's law. I don't know if you know what that is, but he did reference that. So it's not clear if the delisting de- was actually uh, due to the trading of of the funds. But um, what what is Cunning- Cunningham's law? The uh, it's let me get the exact words so I don't quote it wrong. Is that the one where if you post the wrong yeah, answer, yeah, yeah. you'll find the right one? The best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question. It's to um, post the wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did respond to at least that. What I saw a tweet where he responded and I didn't, I don't remember where it is, so I don't know exactly what it said, but his response was basically, maybe you shouldn't have been trading the ICO funds or whatever. Like he's, he said something pretty specific. Yeah. 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 He was originally responding to Abram because... I think on the actual comment, you know, he just put a single emoji, uh, you know, like oh, yeah, thumbs yeah. up. And wait, wait, who's Abrams? Abrams the CIO. Abram is the COO. Yeah. Oh, C- COO or CIO? Um, one of the substratum. Some officer of yeah, substratum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and he gave him a single emoji response originally? He was commenting someone else yeah. and then Abram got a little mad 
And, uh, you know, he was like, I don't want my dev team being, you know, put on blast with a single emoji. And that's where we got the tweet about the trading of funds. Wow. Okay. I didn't look into the, the whole string. So hit, so CZ did the equivalent of when your significant other sends you a five paragraph text message and you hit him with a K. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what he yeah. did. That's amazing. Oh, I, I love CZ, man. Um, so after so, that, uh, the listing announcement, they put up this really short post about like, Hey, we're, we're going to continue working. Um, the team is still so focused on um, building V1. Uh, and then they kind of went a few days without actually addressing it. And then yesterday, uh, they released a more detailed post that kind of goes through each one of Binance's points. Um, I think, Brent, you mentioned these points in your podcast from Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, we did have the I can if you don't have in front of you, I'll pull that uh, pull that outline up real quick and I'll I can I hear this. I already have it. There we go. The the points now substratum did, or Binance didn't say specifically which one of these was substratum related, right. but they said that these are the reasons that they would look at delisting a project mm-hmm. commitment of team or project or a commitment of team to the project level and quality of development activity network slash smart contract stability level of public communication responsiveness to our periodic due diligence requests evidence of unethical slash fraudulent <laughs> conduct you know not that i want to pick or choose which one of these i think it might have been or contribution to a healthy and sustainable crypto ecosystem so those are the reasons they might take one down yeah so yesterday justin um wrote a post and he basically just went through each of these points and <laughs> and wrote a paragraph or two about how substratum is fulfilling these cri- criteria uh so did you do you, you just want to like run run through those uh quickly yeah if we let's summarize yeah, those yeah. let's hear them because i didn't even find that i didn't yeah. that was we recorded the flagship a couple days ago so that yeah. happened after yeah. i, I might have found it otherwise but i'm glad yeah. i didn't yeah so i've got the post uh right here in front of me um so how about like will and i can trade off and talk about uh each one of these points so yeah all right just alternate yeah i'll start with the commitment of the team to the project so uh justin's response was just um since founding the project in 2017 basically the team has been working to towards the goal of a secure and decentralized network providing freedom to the open web worldwide Uh, most of the project team members are full-time and work from the headquarters in columbus ohio their work commitment is first and foremost substratum and they continue to deliver progress every week so I can't really argue with that because they do have a team. Super subjective. Yeah, they yeah. do have an office. Um, they have 27 people on the team, I think. Uh, some of them are full-time, and I believe others are contractors. And uh, the only point I don't agree on is their work commitment is first and foremost to Substratum because just a few months ago, uh, they diverted some of the team's resources to work on a smart contract for Amplify. So just based right. on that, you can't really say completely focused on substratum but i guess that's kind of a moot point now because the amplify public sale got canceled because it only attracted <laughs> eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> so, no but they totally raised a bunch of money privately right, right? they yeah. got the five million dollar private investment or whatever so so yeah that's that's the first point they are committed to the project the devs are actively coding yeah i don't think that's the one they violated i'm gonna be Not honest at all so uh will do you want to move on to the level and quality of development activity. 
they said in uh, the level and quality of development activity, they're like, one glance at the Substratum GitHub will show you not only consistent stream of development and code commits overall, but a sharp increase in activity over the last 30 to 60 days as the developer team approaches completion of version one of Substratum Node, uh, the flagship product at the core of the Substratum network. Quality of development is more notably seen in the robust source code and the open beta versions that are currently being used and tested by community members worldwide. One quick point on that. They only have maybe, what would you say, Brian, two like actual strong community members who do all the testing? Yeah, I would say they have two people. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them right now, but <laughs> they have, I would say two or maybe three. The third one is so, so, uh, yeah. who are actually technical enough to, to know how to run this in command line and know enough about networking to actually do some tests. Interesting. I, I'm looking at their GitHub now. I see 274 commits on Substratum node. Um, I don't know what the number of commits is to make it look like they're actually doing what they should be doing. Right. But 274 mm-hmm. seems low to me because, I, again, I don't know what they look like. And I guess, in theory, less commits means you're having to fix less stuff. So maybe it's, I don't know. But I've seen like 1,500 on some yeah. of the projects that I've that I've covered and then I'll say, Hey, they have an active GitHub because they have that many, even though I don't really know, right. but right. But like, I, I think with something like GitHub, it's once again, really subjective because it also depends on their internal workflow. Cause a lot of, uh, a, a lot of these companies have, um, um, in internal systems as well. And then when there's like a big thing to update, then they will push it to the public, which, uh, which is what we can see. Okay. So this, paragraph here i don't think it really says anything i don't think anyone is doubting that they're doing work because they obviously are but just the last sentence uh which states a publicly released test showing content viewed from restricted countries uh was also released by a community member showing proof of concept with one of the beta versions of substratum node i don't think they should go around advertising that just yet because you can also do that with vpn you know you can set one up right? Yeah, as long as the address is not blocked by the country already. It's going to work. So right now, Substratum Node is in a state where no one cares to block it yet. <laughs> so <laughs> like somebody making a brand new VPN right. is like, right, right, right. oh, we beat the firewall. Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious also because it's not encrypted yet. And if someone really if someone actually wanted to block it, they could they could do that. So like what they're saying now is just like oh we found a hole but yeah and no one else found it yet (laughs) they they also keep saying you know we're approaching completion of version one well they Mm -hmm. they said that in 2017 you know that they were going to have it done (laughs) by the end of 2017 and also on top of that justin tab has said in some trading chats to you know potential pre-ico investors he was like we're already a good way through it and you know it's been delayed twice yeah i'm not doubting that they are doing work but yeah. still they've failed on that the level and quality may be in question yeah. yes what the amount of work is probably there and there's activity but the level and quality might matter the maybe somebody looking at these commits knows they're like these guys are not actually doing anything maybe not maybe this is again not the one that they violated yeah. you know i'm not sure right but also you have to think like how much do you know about what you're coding because they were making v1 um and I think the first announcement was like, we'll be done by the end of 2017. And then obviously that didn't happen. And then 
throughout yeah all we're in 2019 for right, right. anyone that's yeah. listening to this yeah. show in the and future yeah. and throughout last, right, yeah and throughout last year it's like oh we'll have it in 2018 and then by the end of 2018 he was still saying like the end of the year yeah now it's now it's what quarter one quarter two 2019 i think well they had a show until like yesterday or the day before and they released this on on their blog and inside the post it says v1 is eight to 20 weeks away at the earliest but like eight to 20 weeks wow. is a pretty big march it's another so half a year why, right? why would you tell you know all your community members hey end of year 20 any end of year 2018 quote me on it and you have that yeah. much workload to do I'll tell you why, because you don't want them selling your coin because you have to sell it in yeah. your trading that you're doing. Yeah. So that I, th- I think that's a good wrap up for level and quality of development activity. So the next one is network smart contract stability. And in this one, they're just talking about how they made the decision to do a token swap to a new smart contract in December to remove the mint function that was included in the original <laughs> design. Wait, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to stop you. He he literally put out a response that said, "No, come on, look, we're we're totally we have a stable network because we took out the function that lets us make as many coins as we want that we put in in the first place." Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so then he moves on to say the new contract has 18 decimal places. And it's important to note that no communication was received from Binance um, around the new smart contract. And and then they said it was audited by a quant stamp uh, before performing the token swap. So the team believes there's no issues. Uh, I personally don't know enough about their smart contract. I mean, I don't read smart contract code, but it's interesting that they were recently removed from Exodus, uh, the wallet app for anyone who who has not heard of it citing issues with the smart contract oh yeah. interesting so that was just so awesome. there might be a little yeah. something to that yeah some something I, about they couldn't what does 18 decimal places have to do with anything did I, is I that it was like originally two i want to say okay so the 18 decimal places thing is uh yeah so uh the first contract was just two because they wanted to make sub like real money you know like a dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and i guess they thought for some reason that if someone bought up all the sub tokens because um, it couldn't be divided into decimals, then that would somehow kill the network. But I don't know how adding more decimal places fixes that if someone was going to buy. Yeah, I don't know how that's a rebuttal to we have network and smart contract problems. It's like it's like saying, hey, yeah, I can't hire you because you don't have a car. And then you saying, yes, but I have two feet. Yeah. I guess the thing no, was no, like, I need you to drive. if someone bought a bunch of tokens, then they could still run the network uh, with the va- with the value that is contained inside the extended decimals, which kind of makes sense. Um, but I think it was just to hide the mint function. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, more likely. Yeah, which they left in there. So I, I we mentioned this on the show, but. The mint function was the thing that let them basically make as many tokens as they wanted whenever they wanted. And they said they were getting rid of it, but they still called it mint. Right. They just Yeah. They just changed it. Well, no, um the first the first smart contract had a separate function called mint token. And then the new smart contract just has a function called mint, which is uh used in all basically all smart contracts to uh mint the initial number of coins. 
Uh, okay. I, I knew they actually didn't. I knew they got rid of it. It was just funny that they chose yeah, to yeah, leave yeah, that yeah. instead of change it. Like, there's no mint function. Right. There's no mint function. Well, the, other than that one, the, I don't, don't worry about that. I one, don't but, think they got rid of the freeze function, though. Yeah, no. Steve, right. Yeah, they did say they were going to get rid of the freeze function. Yeah, Steve never touched on that. I think he was the one who actually tweeted about the mint function. But yeah, the freeze, yeah. freeze token mm-hmm. function was never really talked about. Yeah, they said they. So that could be a thing. They said they would hand off the contract to another entity that could not, so they could not control it anymore. Um, so the freeze wouldn't be an issue, but they have yet to do that from from what I know. But anyway, uh, Will, do you want to move on to the next one? Uh, sure. Let's see, level of public communication. This is a good one. Um, our our belief within substratum is founded on being focused on an open and uncensored internet so the team (laughs) (laughs) so the team takes public communication most seriously we uh we have been consistently active in our community across many social media channels and communication mediums and and we are striving to improve in this area in many ways over our efforts in the latter half 2018. Like any project, we face challenges and occasional delays, and the team does indeed apologize that certain goals we communicate were not reached as quickly as we had hoped. Part of this is from the nature of producing a product and vision that is revolutionary and disruptive and paving the way towards our unique goal. And uh, they kind of go back and, you know, rehash some things from 2017. But I think it's pretty well known to the public that some of their communication can use some work. And just in general, in some of their social channels, uh, there's a lot of, uh, especially on Reddit, there's a lot of people who, you know, if you raise any critical questions, you get shadow banned or you just get completely banned uh, yeah. whenever you talk yeah. about something in a non-positive light. Yeah. So I don't want to say, you know, that everyone should be reflective on the substratum community. But what I can tell you is that there's this particular idiot named Beowulf that goes around and yells at everybody and bans everybody and does his thing, right? When I was still having communication with their CMO, it, it, which is... Uh, Christian I can't Pope. remember the guy's name now. Christian? Christian Pope, yes. So I told him, I'm like, look, you guys can't have this guy running around representing the community. If somebody acted like this in any company I've ever been a part of, yeah. they would be banned. I don't care that they're doing free free admin work or they're, they're moderating my chat for free. Mm-hmm. You can't act this way. You reflect on the company if you're in that position of admin power. And then I sent him a couple of like copy pasted conversations where it's not like B Wolf was super out of line. I'm like, look, look at his response here. This person came in, had a legitimate question. They weren't in here spreading FUD and he immediately leaped and attacked them. And you can't have somebody like that. You need to get rid of them. That is nothing, but they keep him there. So by default, they're happy. With the work that Beowulf is doing for their community, which includes organizing the downvote brigades, following me around on Reddit, you guys, I'm sure, right, like, right. yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would fall into their level of public communication. Justin's public-facing communication is absolutely obnoxiously bad. Yeah, he should never be allowed yeah. to be the face of a company or the voice There's of a company. Even people, you know, in their own community, speaking up about that. I think right after the Binance delisting hap- uh, happened, uh, the top post was focused around this next update that was going to be released because they said they would update the community. The majority of the community said that what they wanted to hear was Justin stepping down. Right. That in itself pretty much shows his level of communication. 
if that community doesn't want you there anymore, you have really ruined it because <laughs> that community is very dogmatic. Yeah, right? yeah. From my experience. So level of public communication. He did say that there are over 150 informational videos on the Substratum channel. Have they deleted any of them? They deleted a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sure that's what Binance is specifically talking about. I don't think they care about the no. quantity. It's more about the quality of it. And yeah. And just looking at their blog posts, looking at um, their YouTube and how Justin presents himself, it's you can't say that the quality is very high. I mean, he's made lies on multiple times, so... Maybe and one of the, yeah. another thing to note. We're going to go into this more. Uh, uh-huh. one, one quick when he said they were trading. One quick thing right. though, almost right after the Binance delisting, it's like they started to revamp their marketing. You know, started making <laughs> <Right>. blog posts. <laughs> I, I found it pretty humorous, but it's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got to be in damage control mode yeah, at this point. Totally, yeah. The people on the community on the team. You said there were twenty-seven members yep. or something like that. Not all of them think think or know that this is a scam. They're being paid. And now their company is under attack and they're being told, hey, we need you to get out there. We need you to write articles. We need you to make this community look better. Yeah. They're doing their best. And you can't you can't hate on everybody for for what's happening at the top and what kind of scummy things that they're doing. Um, but again, of these, I think level of public communication. Yeah, there's definitely some some tick marks in that. Yeah. But there's not that's probably not the straw that broke this camel's back. Right, right. Yeah. So the next one is responsiveness to our periodic due diligence requests. I don't think we have to talk about that because we have no way of verifying. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what their communication is. Yeah, right. they're, they're going to say that they were never yeah, told yeah, anything yeah. or whatever. But so the next one is evidence of unethical and fraudulent conduct. That's a scale. <laughs> I'm not sure if this. What's the what's the what's the what's the Oh, hey, Carlos. <laughs> okay so evidence of unethical fraudulent conduct so i think will and i can do a back and forth and maybe brent can chime in on this one as well but i will yeah about an hour later i'll talk to you guys (laughs) right so i'll start from the pre-ico days on their pre-ico website back from august 2017 ish they advertised apple disney facebook the nba as current and past clients of substratum so Right. We we went over yeah, yeah. that on the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the first example of fraudulent conduct because that's just not true. Yep. Yeah. Will, do you want to talk about the missing ICO funds? Yeah. That's a big uh, one. Oh, yeah. That's new from. Yeah. That came up recently. Going on the actually before I talk about that, going on the false clients, the false current and past clients mm-hmm. that uh, Justin, they were actually from Override Pro, Justin Tabs, alleged former company, which you can't. You yeah. can't find the website. I guess they haven't updated their web hosting, but there's really no way to verify that. It's a web development <laughs> company, by the way. But what? <laughs> <laughs> the web development company yeah. can't even invest $12 a month in Squarespace, yeah. huh? All right, got it. But yeah, regarding the ICO funds, I believe it was about 11, 1,142 ETH, which was not reported. And, you know, the. The same number they put in their white paper has been referenced in several other videos. Justin Tab has stated. Yeah, so yeah, so for reference, they they have been um, uh, in the videos and in the white paper. They claim that they raised seventeen thousand seven hundred and seventy-eight ETH. Yeah, that's right. 
But if you look at their crowd sale address, they actually uh, raised somewhere like 18000 something. And remember, at the time of this ICO, and Ethereum was somewhere around $300, $350, right? Yeah. Yeah. 250 Boy, weren't those the days? Those were the days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But besides the- From now on, we can't describe anyone as a crypto investor anymore. They're just like, I'm broke. That That's what I mean. Right. Okay, <laughs> here it is. So Will and I and our friend, we call him Slut, uh, <laughs> we were looking right. at the old, the old crowd sale addresses and cross-referencing them with what was presented in the white paper and also on videos, the most recent of which was the end of the year video from December 31st, 2018. Okay. And we found that the, the difference in the numbers was 2.5 Bitcoin, 702 Bitcoin cash, 1,142 Ether, and 35 uh, Litecoin. And we were unable to check the XRP um, number because the, the wallet address that they gave to investors were, uh, it was a it was a wallet address from Bittrex. So, I mean, once it goes in there, you, you oh it. yeah, it gets yeah. intermingled. Yeah, but all the other Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ether, and and Litecoin, uh, we can easily check. So, Will, do you want to talk about Christian Pope slash Abrams' response to that? Well, let's see. Christian Pope, yeah. uh, after you know being told these numbers, which is not false. It's the blockchain. These are accurate numbers. He called uh, these numbers <laughs> and all this data that we gathered smoke and mirrors. I'm not. I'm not going out of context. That, that was his words directly. Just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. We do have the screenshots as well. So. And he called it smoke and mirrors. The more wow. concerning thing was uh, Christian Pope said that Abram would update the PDF shortly, and uh, you know we've yet to see that. And it's been nearly what Brian a month. <laughs> yeah it's been a few weeks now but i think the more concerning thing is um exactly. updating the pdf doesn't change anything because <laughs> yeah that doesn't <laughs> that just hides yeah, it <laughs> most of their money from what we can see they only have uh six thousand three hundred refer- ether left um they were referencing the you know the inaccurate numbers for months like justin's video yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well for years yeah <laughs> yeah so jeez. I think what I was most concerned about, and I I had a back and forth with Christian Pope, just talking about these missing ICO funds. And he just kept on saying, like, trust the blockchain, trust the blockchain. But it's like, yeah, we are trusting the blockchain. It's exactly what you're doing. The blockchain says something completely different from what you're saying. And then he said, like, oh, Justin has so many things to do. He uh, he doesn't have time to keep track of how much funds we have. Okay. And, and I was thinking, like, <laughs> wait... But like at one point, these funds were worth two point five million dollars. This this is not like oh, uh, ten bucks or a thousand bucks or something like that, right? This is at the height of the bull market. This was two point five million dollars. And so, does Substratum have a CFO? From what I understand, um, Abram is kind of in charge. He was in charge of preparing those uh, fake numbers for for the white paper. <laughs> And the thing is, like, here's where it gets even weirder. The ICO ended in October 2017. The version two of the white paper, which uh, has these numbers in there, was not published until December. So you can't even say like, oh, we we put these up before the uh, right. funding was done. Right. You had two full months to like, right. comb through your records. Uh, just look 
on the blockchain. Like if you go to Bitcoin.com and you put in the address, it shows you how much is in the wallet. You just copy and paste that into Microsoft Word or whatever. Like, how do you even get that wrong? Well, we don't have time for that. Oh, you're okay? right. You're right. You're right. We knew it was a four-digit number, <laughs> so we wrote a four-digit number. How hard is that? <laughs> trust the blockchain and don't right. trust our PDF. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. We didn't have time. Yeah. And then I said something like, why didn't Justin look on the blockchain then? Why did he kept on? Like, why did he use the number from from the white paper if that's not to be trusted? And what does it say about your company that you can't even copy and paste the number correctly? That says how much funding you you got. And it's like, it's like, okay, if you had maybe 0.5 Bitcoin or like 0.1 ETH gone or something, maybe that could be a transaction fee or something or, or, or wallet dust or, or something like that. But this is not, this is not the case. It was over 1000 ETH. (laughs) It was 702 Bitcoin cash. So, so that, that has never been formally addressed. And each, and each time we, we kind of bring it up, uh, Christian Pope just responds with like, we'll update it soon, or it's just smoke and mirrors. Um, yeah, again, what, what does we'll update it soon mean? That doesn't do anything. Right. That if the ICO funds are missing, what does he think happens? You go update the white paper, you say, here's the real that. numbers. Right, yeah, like here's the, <laughs> the real number. But it's like, no, we're not concerned about what it says on the page. We're concerned about like, how did you miss that in the first place? Why did you miss that in yeah. the first place? And like, what happened with the money? Um. Yeah. Speculation that it went to Justin's <laughs> house. If I understand right. that situation. Yeah, he did get a new house in October 2017. Right as right as the ICO ended. So not saying that's linked, but also strange that all of that money went missing and unreported. And he was able to. He was just house. diversifying the ICO fund. It's true, which is totally allowed by the white paper. Right into property. He was diversifying into a house. That's right. Which is basically the same as Tether. And yeah, so it's totally cool. Basically the same. Pretty much. So I guess the next example of fraudulent conduct would be the uh, the I, the ICO trading of funds. The funds, the trading of yes, ICO funds. Yes. <laughs> so we have covered this on one of our shows. Mm-hmm. But the the quick version is he went online and said, don't worry, guys. This project's going to succeed because we're going to day trade. Like he he said, actively trade and and we're gonna buy at the bottom or buy at the bottom and sell at the top, and it's just and easy. We hired a full time trader. Video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He left it up for a long time, and I was surprised it was left up for a long time actually. But I think maybe that you might have saved it. Yeah, we saved it, I and think- and actually, uh, someone, another person that's not me or Will or anyone we talked to actually re-uploaded it so nice it is it is currently online for <laughs> let's be honest it's one of your alt accounts okay <laughs> we know you have 30 or 40 of but, them uh be wolves that all they do all day is say bad stuff uh so regarding the um trading of ico funds we we actually have a fresh quote that was just uh from today from christian pope uh yes this is from reddit and I forget what thread it was. I'll I'll find it and maybe you can link it in the show notes. But uh, it, oh, it'll be in the yeah. show notes. But basically, this uh, person in the community was uh, talking about the trading of ICO funds, and and here's what Christian Pope says uh, in reference to Justin's words. So he says, "This is not what he said. 
you are jumbling up different ideas and creating a new narrative. He said a trader was hired, but for Amplify, not Substratum. However, he shouldn't have said trader as the person is a portfolio manager. Justin was momentarily talking off the cuff, clearly evidenced in the video. A portfolio manager was hired for Amplify. So Christian Pope is saying that Justin didn't say they were going to trade the funds. And here we have an audio clip (laughs) from Justin's video. So let's go ahead and play that now. Uh, And test all the way down to $60. So we are going to not cash in, uh, but begin uh, basically attempting to trade up so that we can further our our position as long as possible so we're uh, taking uh, advantage of the trader that we have uh, in full time and we are going to be actively trading a portion of the ethereum uh, so that we can trade up basically so we can sell at the top of the bands and buy at the bottom of the bands (laughs) how can you listen to that and say they they weren't trading (laughs) <laughs> it not only did he say they were trading yeah. he went on to explain yeah. trading he was like come on guys he this explained is easy. The, it's- the strategy they're gonna trade they're, they're <laughs> gonna sell at the top of the bands and they're buying at the bottom of the bands that's not a portfolio so, management yeah. strategy that's that's a trading no it is not <laughs> so in, in, i would say christian pope is incorrect in his categorization of this full-time individual who is buying at the yeah. bottom and selling at the top I do agree. I, I think that he needs to get his number, his stuff in order, and figure out that this guy is a traitor. And uh, and based on their target number, I don't think that went very well for them. That he said at the very beginning yeah. of that clip, sixty dollars. Yeah. yeah, and uh, what makes you know, and what makes ETH never hit even that. worse is uh, in their blog post um, in response to finance, uh, they they said this. While some decided to interpret this as trading funds with trading quotes. Uh, there were in fact no <laughs> trades conducted and this can be verified formally through blockchain records and an inspection into founder and ICO wallet addresses. But what he doesn't state is that once you send funds to an well, exchange, it, it's, it's no longer it's, on the blockchain. You can't check an exchange. It's not you like that. Uh, decentralized mean, exchange. Right. The, the intention it's, but it's like, is there. Like he's yeah. literally saying, hey, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to trade. Yeah. And you got Christian Pope. Yeah. Yeah. You got like, Christian Pope trade, saying some. Yeah, <laughs> something completely different. It's just a lie. You know, you can't really yeah. say anything else about it. Yeah. If you're CZ from Binance uh-huh. and you hear that yeah. and you somebody shows you this and they're like, dude, this coin on your platform, the team is, just said they were going to trade it. Mm. And you're trying to protect your assets and protect the company that you've built and make sure to uphold your image. And you hear oh. that. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Like you delist it. Right. That it, he responded exactly. Who knows when he saw that video? But that's that's a hundred percent part of his thought process, especially when he's on Twitter trolling the people, saying maybe your CEO shouldn't be trading funds or whatever. Sure, yeah, of course. And so, it's like, of course, people are going to interpret it that you were trading funds because you yes. stated that you were going to trade funds. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when I say things yeah. and then people read my words. Yeah, because. There is a legitimate way to misinterpret something somebody said, especially if you write it on paper. Yeah. I run into this a lot yeah. because I can kind of be a jerk sometimes and my friends and, and past girlfriends and stuff know that. Mm-hmm. And so when I send a text, they automatically will take it as, oh, Brent's being an asshole. And I'm usually not. I can be, but I'm not always. So I understand misinterpreting something I say mm-hmm. 
where I say this. I'm like, no, what I meant was like this. And they're like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That is not what's happening here. No, that's <laughs> completely not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So that pretty much. This is like truth isn't itself. truth. Yeah. And Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> so uh, so that kind of speaks for itself. And I think uh, the last thing we wanted to touch on in this section was uh, the expectation of profit that was established right after the ICO. So Will did some digging just like a month or two ago, maybe. And we were looking at if sub is a security. And in the white paper, they specifically state that sub is not a security (laughs) because it's a utility token. But at the same time, the SEC has released a statement that said a utility token can be a security. So (laughs) what happened? They basically didn't do any KYC at all. Will, do you you want to talk about that? So when they started their ICO, uh, I believe it was... August 14th of 2017, uh, they allowed US-based participation, uh, kind of like what Brian was said, on the sole basis that, you know, sub was a utility token. But I've actually <laughs> talked to a lot of legal professionals on the matter, uh, and sub um, did not file a Form D notice uh, that would exempt them from Rule 504 or 506 to the Securities Act of 1933. And basically what that make sub uh their ico was an unregistered securities offering since they failed to reach out to the prior proper authorities dang yeah so the yeah, other u.s based icos all filed that a lot of similar basically, cases to and it, then... like paragon airfox uh kind of with the current and past clients there was something very similar titanium i don't know if you're aware of that but they got busted for yeah. lying about existing uh partnerships with the federal reserve walt disney and a few other companies Absolutely. but <laughs> there's definitely been precedent yeah this sounds familiar yeah and then we were kind of looking at the four points of the howey test which uh is used to determine if something is a security uh and not sure if you're familiar with that but basically just the four points are was there an investment of money mm. did investors invest in a common enterprise is there an expectation for profit and is profit generated from the efforts of a third party uh so for was there an investment of money? Uh, yes, because people paid in Bitcoin, Ether, XRP, and other cryptos in exchange for, for subtokens. And did investors invest in a common enterprise? And yes, they did as well. They're investing in the development team of Substratum. And since the subtoken is a utility token that is used for, quote, payment for serving the network the success of the token completely depends on if the team can make this work or not and since it's not fully open sourced you can't say but anyone can can work on this but the third point about the expectation for profit was something that we were kind of unclear on uh until very recently and let me play these few clips that i have yes these are from an early video this was like one of their first ones. Uh, so I have four or five clips here that I'm just going to run through. Hello, Substratum family. Here at Substratum, we have a long-term plan to raise the value of our token as we release products. Holy shit. We're dropping you a quick but important update video that explains part of that strategy. The piece we are discussing today is how we are dealing with excess tokens and how it will help ensure for each and every one of you that the substrate you purchase will quickly but steadily gain value and maintain that value. 
Historically, oh my God. there are lots of number of tokens. <laughs> it causes the price to increase. This is due to the law of supply and demand. Since there is less tokens available for trade, the tokens that are available for trade become more valuable. And that is good news for you guys. We will be having three, <laughs> that, three token burn events, each at major milestones, which will allow us to continue to raise the value of the substrate at key points. We hope that you can see the long-term value of this plan. With each burn, the token will rise more and more, and by using the repetitive burns to get to our final max supply, we will achieve a high level of stability and steady gains. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, so that's from a very earlier like you you can't are like you can't say anything no, against that. Right? <laughs> that that is way worse than I ever thought Illegal. it could have been. That is like that, that is absolutely that is completely illegal. I mean, Elon Musk got fined a massive amount of money for saying something not even nearly yeah. as specific at like nobody's ever said buy Tesla and then I'm going to start doing things to make your price go up. Right. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you insane? Oh my god. And this, yes, that is cl- yes. that's clearly legal. I'm not a lawyer, yeah, yeah. but uh and we will provide the link to that if they do decide to remove that we do have a copy of it <laughs> so <laughs> excellent excellent yeah. so if you're listening to this and you're part of the authorities that are investigating them <laughs> please reach out we have a copy right where we can get it to you yeah so that pretty much speaks for itself but there's also a few points like on their website they do advertise that you can just run the node in the background and make money make money while you sleep oh. and if you hold more sub tokens that rate increases so that is an expectation for it's also geographic location on how too, much I believe tokens you that like in heavily censored areas you would be able yeah. to earn more yeah and then of course the fourth point is profit generated from the efforts of a third party yes completely the profit mm-hmm. is generated from the efforts of the 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 team at Substratum um, if they don't do anything yeah we're worried most ICOs right. fall into this yeah. so most ICOs do fall into this but the issue is that a bunch of I think most of them aren't lodged yeah. from the states right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, mo- very few yeah, yeah. are based here. So you have a USA based company who launched their ICO in the US. It's interesting because for the Amplify ICO, which was now canceled, um, they based that out of um, the Virgin Islands, I believe. So they learned their lesson, I think. Still, <laughs> I, no, that's still the US. I don't know. I don't think it would be under different law. Yeah. Oh, unless it's the British Virgin yeah, yeah, Islands yeah, that yeah, they were in. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty fraudulent in my mind that they promised returns for investors. <laughs> and now the token is 99.97% down from all time high. So, which most of which was accomplished by CZ himself. Right, right. Yeah. Not most of which, but they they tanked pretty. I looked at their chart before uh, before we got on the flagship. I just wanted to see like how bad it was. Yeah. It is just straight down. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, like. That's a big percent down the past few days. But yeah, so I think that pretty much covers uh, the evidence of unethical and fraudulent conduct. There's there's a lot there. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this was the cause of why they were actually delisted. And as expected, they the only thing that they addressed uh, was the trading of ICO funds, which they claim they they didn't say they would trade. Uh, that's not true. They never addressed any of the other points that we just brought up, despite um, we've been pretty vocal about that uh, on Twitter, on Reddit, on 
on my blog as well. Uh, they've never addressed any of that. But I'm sure a lot of people have seen that content because quite a few people have, have reached out to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, Will, do you want to cover a contribution to a healthy and sustainable crypto ecosystem? Uh, it's just a quick one. <laughs> so, contribution to a healthy and sustainable crypto <laughs> ecosystem. Our fundamental goal is a healthy and open internet for all. And of course, this is coupled with our view that the crypto ecosystem should be healthy, open, and fair. With Substratum, we have constant involvement in the crypto space, innovative development and programming in the industry, a clear use case that allows the technology to solve real-world issues. Uh, we have created dozens of full-time full-time jobs in the space and a physical headquarters to stage the project and house the team. Part of the vision is to expand the crypto ecosystem by using the Substratum network as an on-ramp for users to be exposed to crypto itself and the idea of blockchain for real, real world applications. Um, quick note on that. They like to reference that Substratum actually uses blockchain technology, but I think a lot of community members, even, even team members, get this mixed up because Substratum's only use case of yeah. blockchain technology is not within the networking uh, relay uh, layer. It's within crowdfunding, yeah. like what they use to raise money from the public, and micropayments. That's the extent of the blockchain technology they yeah. use. And they've retweeted several articles, you know, that say Substratum is, you know, using blockchain within the node in their networking layer. And it's just right. false. It's just yeah, false and that's totally... Un- like, yeah. why, why wouldn't they correct that or reach out to them? Yeah, because they want people to think that they're actually using blockchain. In right. a very... Early, Blockchain's a buzzword, right? man. It totally was. And uh, back in October uh, of... 2017 substratum had a video where they talked about blockchain content delivery and they claimed that that was what the network was going to be uh they claimed that requests on on the network would be verified by the blockchain which which first of all that's a terrible idea because that would be so slow and if you were trying to load a web page and then you had to wait for nodes to, like, to wait for the transaction to go through the request would time out you would not you would not be able to see the website. So this is a direct quote from that video. The same feature that makes the blockchain so powerful is the feature that slows it down. The data that servers deliver, in this case, the web content, needs to be verified by other nodes on the blockchain before it's served to the end user. That's totally not true. The Substratum network (laughs) does not use blockchain, and it's clear that they put this in to just advertise it to people who are like, don't know much about it. it's like a vpn but on blockchain yeah but in reality all they do is they use uh their sub token to pay people that's the only use case of blockchain that substratum has uh yeah (laughs) and they are active they said they were actively involved in the crypto community Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that they are very actively involved in the crypto space because they're trading actively. That's true. All the time. So that's that's true. They are you know, adding. Can't really fault them for the that. Yes, and just their clo- their closing statement. They made sure to uh, to let people know that they're trying to make the internet free and fair. And uh, their second priority is for people to earn cryptocurrency and change the world. So there's that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Also, what was their target number? Three dollars. Uh, the the target. So they got to get there first. Token was uh was thirty dollars. One hundred. One 
100x. Oh, 30. Jesus. Justin predicted <laughs> 100x, he also, $30. Uh, oh, <laughs> another thing he said, he was telling people that it had more utility than Ethereum, which uh, Ethereum, as everyone knows, right, is yeah. the second largest cryptocurrency. Mm. And it's on Ethereum, so right. I don't understand how yeah. much more utility it has on the network that it uses. <sighs> it's tricky. I just don't see his genius. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're missing it. Look, okay. <laughs> so, so that's that is good for the factual information. For the rest of this show, we're talking nonsense. Not even nonsense. Look, there is a reason that a lot of these content creators do not bash on coins and go out there. And what those coins that we do say bad things about will say is, we're trying to get clicks. We're trying to get listens. No, if you look at the YouTube videos we have on Substratum, they're downvoted to all hell. Yeah. Like we do not. Uh, I'm not even going to release this one on YouTube. This is straight going on the podcast, mostly because I'm too lazy to put stuff on YouTube. But <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have way more of a listener base on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, YouTube would qualify for like 0.01 percent of our total. Man, eh, maybe not that low, but like 0.1 percent <laughs> of friends. our total listenership. Right? Yeah. And so all the views that we got for the clickbait was from them. But so they came in, downvoted it. They started downvoting everything I did on Reddit. And it was really annoying for a period of time. They would just go around and yell at me. And all the comments on those videos were bad. So somebody like Datadash, who was was paid to to shill Substratum, I can understand why they do it. But I also understand why somebody who hasn't been paid or or not paid doesn't say anything bad. So let's talk about what's been happening to you guys as you're like their boogeyman. You're you're out there, and every time anything bad happens, it's your fault. Anytime somebody says something bad, they're like, "Oh, it's just Brian and William going around spreading that foot again because hmm. they want to." Actually, before you get into that, the the, the, por- the part that annoys me the most about the substratum communities attack back on you, and I'm going to try to make this more overarching, but we're going to have to keep it within the realm of substratum. They say that you're paid to say bad stuff about substratum by Icon. Right. What Icon couldn't give less of a shit about what substratum does yeah what if substratum went to zero which is damn near there it's getting there it's 99 percent drop it's going the rest of the way um oh wait sorry that's not financial advice it's not going the rest of the way maybe it's going the rest of the way i don't know but it'd be entertaining if it was this is all entertainment anyway <laughs> if it went to zero it wouldn't have any effect on icon no. whatsoever it's not like icon goes to the moon when substratum dies nobody cares no effect. there isn't a single crypto that's gonna be correlated negatively correlated with substratum so that you can't possibly say something bad about it and benefit anybody who would go out of their way to pay you right it would just have to be somebody that hates justin which i guess is possible uh and just going (sighs) off on that over the past few days a lot of people from the substratum group they're like binance delisted us because they're also building a dex substratum is also building a dex that must be why but at the same time like look at stellar Look at ZRX. OMG. Look yeah. at ZRX. Uh, look at well, Icon is building. A deck I'm pretty too. sure they have waves on yeah, there. Waves is on there. They they have a Dex, and it's like I don't. For some reason, I don't think that they got delisted because <laughs> they, because they're competing with a, with a Dex. And the thing is, like some of these other companies actually already have a Dex. Substratum yep. doesn't. They didn't even start building it yet. Why would they get to Waves Dex is really nice, yeah, 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 actually. Yeah. I we just looked yeah. into that project. I like using it a lot. And yeah, so I, you know, not a whole lot of red flags there. Office yet. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're still working on finishing right. it. Like it's not even built. <laughs> yeah. It's not even built. They have no decks. Uh so I don't but it's like they like to jump to these conclusions 
that make themselves feel better because they just can't handle the real truth, you know, which is human nature yes. to an extent. You, you know, the, the people who chose to invest in substratum, yeah. we, we can unpack this. Everyone has okay. the Dunning-Kruger effect to some extent. Mm-hmm. You believe that your knowledge is greater than it actually is. Yeah. So you think you've made the greatest decision on Earth investing in substratum. Now, the actual smartest people, like you guys, kept looking into it. And you're like, oh, shit, we made a bad call here. <laughs> like, Let's get out of this <laughs> and start telling other people that we made a bad call. Right. But those, But they're not going to... You know, most humans aren't going to do that. They're going to think, I'm going to find ways to justify this. And I've been a professional poker player for a large portion of my life, and I see it at the poker table all the time. People will blame the dealer. They'll they'll throw cards at the dealer. They'll be like, I, this, I can't ever win with this dealer or something like that. And it's because they're making bad decisions and they suck at poker. Right. But they don't think that way, so they have to find another thing to blame. So you guys are the boogeyman. You're who they can blame. Or finances, decks, or whatever they want to come up with. It doesn't matter that there is very clear evidence they, that they that's not lie. the case. Yeah. It, it's you just pick that thing and you're like, that's it. That's what it is. So it's it makes sense for these communities that are so invested, especially if they really invested a large portion of their net worth into this thing. And I feel bad for anybody that did. Yeah, you shouldn't be investing a large portion of your right. net worth in damn near anything. Right. You need to be diversified. Yeah, uh, but. People have made mistakes, and and one of the things that Christian said to me when I was when I was DMing him is he's like, you know, if you broadcast this, you're affecting people's livelihoods and their families. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? You are literally right. affecting it, yeah. intentionally on your end. So, yeah, what's the worst thing that's kind of happened to you since this has all been going on? Have you had to like delete? accounts make new accounts delete emails death threats anything like that um yeah <laughs> i've had a few twitter accounts that uh were impersonating me <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember this and it was just a lot of profanity and stuff that i wouldn't say at all and they they also spelled my name wrong and said i was from china but uh <laughs> <laughs> but i am from hong kong <laughs> So, uh, oh, I've had a few of that. I have had a death threat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, you know, just the usual, um, Beowulf has made a bunch of posts about me, like decrypto accused of publishing false content. Like Brian Lee is not a journalist, which I never stated I was. So now if you actually search decrypto Brian Lee on Google, that post from Beowulf actually comes up. So, oh, it's annoying. Yeah, so that's been kind of annoying. And at one point I was thinking like, mm, should, should I like rebrand my site, uh, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, no, if I keep on, if I write about this stuff, which I do, which I do like, there's going to be more people like this, right? Like yeah. people are going to try to bring me down. They're going to try to write fake things about me. But if anyone clicked into that thing that Beowulf wrote, it's just like a bunch of people like, no, you're, you're full of shit Beowulf. Like, <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of annoying in the sense that it shows up when you search for it. But if you click into it uh, and read through it, it's like, oh, this Beowulf guy is just being Beowulf. And I guess the Substratum community response in the past few days, it's been based around a few points. The first point is that losing 99.8% of your trading is not a big deal. Uh, As Christian Pope said, it's just a minor speed bump. Just a, just a little, right. little, little bump yeah, there. A, 
It's not a single. Very, very small bump. And then the second point was like, Brian and Will did this. Just Brian <laughs> It's like, Brian Yeah, and well, you're from China, obviously, yeah. so you know CZ, because yeah. he's your neighbor, and <laughs> you clearly just went to his house, and you're like, yeah. hey, I really don't like these people. Can you delist this? Right. So there's this kind of <laughs> thing going on in there where they're saying like the child, like the the government got to me and got to CZ. He was like, because he's Chinese, but like I think CZ has mentioned on multiple occasions that he's Canadian. I mean, he looks Chinese, but he. But oh no, I thought he was Chinese because I I can't pronounce his name, so <laughs> I actually assumed that he was. Right. Uh, well, I, often, I I mean I've tried it. It's like they just look at their face like, oh, he looks Asian. He must be Chinese. Oh, Chinese government has him. So that's the <laughs> that's just kind of the way that their brains work. And that's been kind of the case for me, too. Like, I've been called a spy for the Chinese government. Um, spy I, for the Chinese government. Right. That makes sense. I, because they ruined their firewall. Right. Yes. So you clearly yeah. are out there trying single handedly taking up the torch for the Chinese government. All they had to invest in was you. Right. And right. that, that actually, I don't know how old you are, but you're probably a British citizen, right? Um, if you were born in Hong Kong, I do have a British passport too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I spent most of my life in the states. I live in Japan now. I, I've never lived in China. <laughs> I don't know anyone in the Chinese <laughs> government. But uh, apparently, that apparently they they got to me. Apparently, they're they're funding me or something. Uh, so that's been a big thing. Um, that they've been talking about. And hey, China, if yeah, you're listening, right. I'm available. And you're funding people. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> Brent is free. Will is free. Uh, I can also share. The Would love to get paid to talk bad about Substratum. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of been been the response to me. Just just a lot of hate on Twitter. People blaming me that they lost their portfolios instead of blaming Justin, who said <clears throat> he was trading their funds. Uh, who <laughs> who made fake promises about the thing that they Twice. invested in yeah for over a year so people have threatened to sue me but sue me for what <laughs> yeah what <laughs> i have all the audio clips like bring, i hope they do you know like that that's uh i feel like you would win money there somehow like that with the countersuit yeah. right i don't know yeah but that's been kind of the response against me and just a funny thing that's been happening uh just the past few days uh Ewolf has actually been <laughs> shilling his referral link for uh, cost.io, the exchange which which Sub is now trading on. And there has been a yeah. lot of people in there, mostly the administrators and kind of the more popular people in, in the group. They're like, guys, like this is a great price. It's under the ICO price. So it's like a great deal. Like Just hold or just buy more right now. Like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And, of a lifetime yeah. i you know i wonder what the bitconnect channels looked like right. around then probably the same. and this is on a different level because it's not a ponzi scheme yeah. but but it's just a it's just a shit show of a project yeah. we're seeing red flags left and right and and you see the visceral response from the community <laughs> we william we haven't gotten any of the what they've done to you because i it's i know it's not just brian getting it i see your name brought up every single time there's one guy that's got Krispy Kreme. Is I don't know if that's one of you guys. I don't remember asking. You don't have to say that either. But I know he posts on a lot of the uh, yeah, a no, lot of that, the substratum fud posts mm-hmm. and kind of is like, no, this is real. That's Will. Okay, I figured it was one of you guys, but I didn't know if you wanted to like put that out there. And yeah, the uh, <laughs> so Ooh, what what have they well, done? What I have they done to before you? Before I say some of the stuff that they've done um, lately, some of the uh, stuff me and Brian talk about. 
they call it all allegations and accusations that are not substantiated. I don't really know how, like with the missing ICO funds, the blockchain is an allegation. That's definitely well substantiated. I think everyone here can agree on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, smoke and mirrors. But no, the the allegation is if you want, if substratum, if you want to get the allegations straight, the allegation is that maybe Justin bought a house with the missing ICO funds. Yeah, not that there are missing ICO funds. That's a fact. He did, but he did buy a new home. This is public information. I can say it. Like he did buy a home on October third, twenty seventeen, for four hundred two thousand dollars. There are some Ethereum transfers that do line up with that purchase date. So that's about as far as I'll go with that. People can speculate, but um, it's definitely concerning considering these were not reported and he lied about the actual raise. It makes one question. Right. Well, yeah. someone who's grounded in reality. It makes you understand why you have a lot of just yeah. in this space. Nobody really ever says anything bad. And and I appreciate the guys on the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel was just on the show. They they're definitely a voice in the community, but they it takes a lot for them to say something bad. They had uh, this guy Ronnie Moes on their show a bunch of times, and and they finally had to say something bad about him as he got involved in something that I didn't even look into. But they're like, yeah, this guy was bad. But they've had a ton of these shit ICO projects on there because they pay them, and it is in a content creator's best interest yeah. to continue to say good yeah, things. I mean, about a project. Justin Tab was on there yeah. too. Yeah, he, he was he was featured. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what I didn't even listen to that episode, but yeah. They yeah they do their ICO spotlight and we could have been doing ICO shows a lot. We did exactly one episode that we were compensated for. Um, it was a project called DREP and we weren't compensated by the project. We were compensated by a group that was a group of ICO investors that wanted to get an allocation from the project. Mm, okay. So they paid us to have a partnership with the podcast so that they could put that on their application because they were being very specific who they were giving the allocation to. And uh, they never even distributed the tokens. So I, you know, that was our only foray into that. And then we got paid, I think, one Ethereum ish at the time. At the time, it was like six or seven hundred bucks. But now it's now it's nothing. So so we're kept afloat by Patreon now, which I'm which I'm super happy with. And it allows us to. I have no problems taking a shit on a project because I don't care when these people come after me yeah. and tell me that I'm being funded <laughs> by the Chinese government or whatever the case may be. Right. But I get why it's hard for other people to do it. And I'm glad that you guys are out there fighting this good fight, getting all this attention on you for no reason. <laughs> it does suck that it's so it takes away from some of the good things that you say about icon. I think Yeah. Uh, that the entire community just acts like you're, you know, you, you Again, there's a, some correlation there because yeah. I, we when we covered Icon, that was a really cool project that had a lot of real fun stuff that I wanted to unpack. And when we did this one episode where we pretended to be in the future, mm-hmm. like 30 years or 25 years or whatever, and we talked about the, the Icon Council and how all that was all working and stuff like that. So it's a cool project that I hope to that I hope to unpack again. But I wish there was a crypto news station that specifically looked into this stuff like investigative journalism where people got paid by an entity that wasn't the ICOs themselves or the companies themselves because yeah. that's the easiest business model. Yeah. It is go to the project right. and shill the project and they will give you money. Right, right. So anyway, that that is kind of the that's the long and short version of what you deal with 
when you are the boogeyman. There is an entire group of people out there that blame you guys specifically yeah. <laughs> for their bad decisions, and it's terrible. And we we see it in human psychology. Just look for these red flags. Look for these pieces of the community that that censor that uh, blame everybody else that worship their creator of their coin yeah almost like a deity and and it's not the red just, flags pile right up. and it's it, it's not just the community i mean like abram cookson just a few days ago was talking about how will was single and uh i remember that yeah <laughs> right will what? he was even he was even talking about yeah, yeah. getting married it's too. like don't trust will because he's talking single. about your wife i think at one point yeah he, he's like yeah like what are you doing you're the ceo of this company why why are you like like don't trust will because he's still single i wonder why he's still single what what does that have to do with anything wait (laughs) yeah what ad hoc like that's not even a good ad hominem attack that's just that sounds like yeah (laughs) what that says a lot Oh my god! You know how many people want to be single, but they can't because <laughs> they are stuck. Oh my! That's such a dumb thing to say. It's not. That's they can't even be like, yeah, look at him. He wears glasses. He probably can't even read times. the white paper if we put it in front of him or something. Right. That would make more point, sense point, point than he's single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I read that tweet, I I was like, am I missing something? Like, what does Will being yeah, single he even it have on to do with anything? And then he took it down after he calmed down a little bit. Yeah, he pinned that tweet. Wow. <laughs> that That is that is that, That's almost everything you need right there. Yeah. The some executive position of some company yeah. pinned a tweet about an individual person yeah. <laughs> being single. And wow. Supposedly attacking I, him when I've written exactly zero pieces about him <laughs> well we've mentioned his name a few times on this show so i'm sure abram I, I, cooks listen hey what was his name abram 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 you're a fucking idiot and if you want to pin me on your twitter <laughs> i dare you <laughs> do it uh, you can make up whatever you want about me I, i'm not gonna tell you if i'm single or not i am fat though put that on there <laughs> Put that on there. Be like, how can this guy know anything if he doesn't even know not to eat pizza? There you go. That pin that tweet. It'll be perfect. For Prince it. Wall is green. And must be uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of, one of the things that they attacked me for. I just remembered this because you said that somebody figured out that I owned an escape room, and they were like, "This guy's just some idiot escape room owner." What? And I'm like. Wait, you're telling me that your your attack on me is that I have a successful business that I own? Okay, you got me. You got me. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah. So, look, you get out there. I'll fight them all on Twitter. I don't care. This I'm going to tag everybody I can. I, I got to figure out that guy's Twitter tag, so he might listen to this episode. Yeah, He's probably well, not going to get this far, blocked, but yeah. so. what are you going to do? He, he recently blocked us after that tweet. Yeah, he blocked them. I got blocked from the Telegram. Yeah. Oh, so that was his progression, huh? He's he's like, this guy's single. Yeah. Pinned yeah, on my Twitter. Like, blocked. <laughs> now I'm blocked. <laughs> and then I blocked him because he wouldn't ask me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that probably is what happened. That was probably him just trying to get a date. That's maybe, all. We're maybe, misinterpreting maybe. this whole thing. So... In summary, the uh, the response from the community has been the delisting is no big deal. Everyone should buy more. It's not financial advice for me. I am just quoting people from 
repeating yes there are, there are air quotes here yeah. around this was will and brian working with finance <laughs> <laughs> and oh man and the team still has plenty of funds to complete the their goals and when asked about how much funds they have they say i don't know <laughs> yeah they they can't be yeah. troubled with counting their money yeah. okay so much money they, it's really hard to know how much money we have right like we lost our private keys a long time ago. So, yeah. so uh, last thing I, <laughs> I don't know. To... Somebody's gonna fake their death sometime right, soon, right? So last thing I just wanted to say is, uh, Will, did you want to talk about the um, oh the um, lawsuit? There actually, there actually is a lawsuit in the works. There's a lawsuit now. I did not start this lawsuit. I want to clarify that. I reached out to somebody who posted about it on the subscribing subreddit, and they are very adamant. And there's been quite a lot of interest in it. So they're gonna sue the substratum community to it, try and. I believe the lawsuit is on the they, basis that Sub had what they kind of claim in there? securities offering. I was kind of explaining a little bit of it early on, but there's really no bogus you can do with that. It's either yes, they filed a Form D notice prior to ICO, or they didn't. Which they didn't. It's a right. It's just white white box. <laughs> if they didn't, would they owe the U.S. government the damages? Or the investors would, like, they would yeah, have like, to repay the investor. investors. Ah, so if all of these sub substratum people just decided to stop being idiots and blaming you guys, and actually looked and were like, you know what? Let's blame the actual people who did the wrong thing. They could get together and maybe right. get some money back. They're not going to get it all because right. they don't have yeah. it anymore. But yeah, so if there's, I think they're mainly looking for ICO investors. So if anyone who listens to this is a ICO investor of Substratum and you did not receive the promised returns <laughs> and and gains uh, that they talked about as yeah as you heard in the quote um, we weren't on the air <laughs> when the Substratum thing went off so we wouldn't have been able our listeners wouldn't have been our listeners yet right. so if they were they would have known to stay away yeah. but actually no they wouldn't have because Substratum did a good job of convincing people that it was going to be a good project they so did. They um, no le- legitimately we don't have that link handy yeah. we may have it by the time show notes get up but if you were a Substratum investor and you want information about this Substratum lawsuit email cryptobasicpodcast at gmail.com if you are a Substratum community member that thinks that this is our fault, email uh, I am an idiot at gmail.com and see what happens oh, because that's also, probably also you. Email, and uh, yes, otherwise, also email I'm an idiot at no reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At no reply. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for whoever has the actual I'm an idiot email. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much email they randomly get. That's, that would be <laughs> an interesting account to have. So, is there anything we didn't cover? Any sound clips we didn't play? Any closing thoughts Ooh. that we're missing here? Anything we didn't cover? Uh, I mean, there's some things being covered, but anything really pressing? Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we got most of it. I mean, I'm sure over the next five to six months, <laughs> probably a few more things are going to happen. But we'll just wait and see. I doubt this coin's going to be much of a thing for much longer. I mean, they are so far down there yeah. in the. In, in the market yeah, cap, like I don't are, understand how they could possibly they're, they're ranked you know recover. They can't. Now, how can they pay people? Yeah, 
yeah, they they were in the top hundred when we started talking about them, and this is why I don't care to talk about them anymore. Yeah. There, this is probably going to be the unless the community decides to to really go out of their way and start messing with me. That's at Brentity on Twitter, or you can do our podcast. I control that too. So at Crypto Basic Pod, let's go. We'll fight. But otherwise, I'll pro- I mean, I probably won't cover it again because nobody cares that a coin outside the top three hundred is bad. Yeah, I, I invested in a bad one. I invested uh, or one that at least fell that far. I don't know if they're bad. I don't know. I haven't even been following, but there's one called Spank Chain. So we've all done it. Uh, you know, they're in like the 400s, I think, something <laughs> like that. I was just like, yeah, porn, blockchain, let's invest. <laughs> and I did a, we we did a one-on-one on them actually, and they they had a beta, mm-hmm. and I talked to one of the models that was in the beta and was like, hey, come on the show, and she did. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, in the end, they're yeah, I don't know where they're at now, but uh, <laughs> I haven't looked at that investment in forever. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we've all made mistakes. <laughs> But as long as you can admit you you can admit those mistakes and try to make better decisions in the future, yeah, you're good. If you can't admit it and you're trying to be you know blaming everybody else for your problems, well, you're gonna have a bad time. Right. And I guess the last thing I just want to say is, um, if something goes down, it doesn't have to go back up. Yeah. But exactly. if something goes no. up, it will probably go back down. It doesn't work the opposite way. So. Don't fall for those tricks. <laughs> a lot of people in that group are are saying just, you know, just, just hold, just like wait one more year. Right now is a great time to buy. So when I see stuff like that, it makes me feel just really, really bad. No, I feel I do feel bad yeah. for those people. I've made fun of them, but yeah. they've been duped. Yeah. They're roped in. I, I suspect we're not going to see much out of the way in the way of anything with Substratum. They're going to. Do a soft exit scam. A lot of these ICOs are going to be this way. Substratum happens to be the one that we all know and that we've gotten involved with. Mm. And they are super shady. But there are going to be more coins or projects that are accidental scams even. They just didn't run themselves correctly. And then now all of a sudden in the bear market, they just have no chance of succeeding. Agree Agreed. So, All right. Well, thanks for being on the show again. I love talking about scams. I love talking about communities that are acting like jerks. So, you know, if you guys, if China starts paying you guys to mess with another coin, yeah. you're welcome to come yeah. back and talk about that one, whatever that one happens to be. Yeah, I'll get you on board. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I get a piece of this, please? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Remember that everything we've said on here is not financial advice. We're not financial advisors. It is for entertainment purposes only. Hopefully, we've been entertaining. And all investments have inherent risk, clearly, and you should never invest more than you can afford to lose so that you don't feel so bad and attack people when you lose it. Mm